butter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. The word of the
message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks desire wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. The word of the Lord.
Jews was near. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple, both sheep and cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume you. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years. And will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. And they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The gospel. But with a whip, 
practically selling admissions into the temple, keeping those who could not afford to purchase temple coins or sacrificial animals out. But did you have to go in there with a whip and overturn tables? Come on, Jesus. Even mere mortals have gotten the hang of changing the world non-violently. But you? You needed a whip? I think you should have read Barbara Craft's Lenten devotionals before you got all riled up in the temple that day. I am disappointed, and I hope you have some sort of acceptable explanation. Awaiting a reply. Dear Becky, let me tell you a story. There once was a little girl who felt so out of control that she screamed and whined all the time. Her parents did not know what to do, but they knew they wanted her to be happy. So they bought her many things. Dolls, toys, dresses, movies, video games, piles and piles of stuff. So much stuff that when she received a new gift, she almost immediately discarded it into the mountain of things in her room. The girl's tantrums got worse. Her parents eventually called a therapist. He came in with trash bags and cleared out most of the accumulated things, stuff, creating an uncluttered and sacred space for peace and rest and play. He also helped her parents to take charge of the household once again. At first, the little girl was very upset that control over her family had been taken away from her, not to mention her toys. But she soon settled into her new space and her new sense of security. Her childhood was now seen as sacred space. There was finally room inside of her for love, wonder, peace, and whether or not she knew it, me. When you read about my day in the temple, you were disappointed. I too was disappointed that day in the temple. I was angry, actually. I could barely see the sacred space of my father's house through the crowd of people selling sacrificial animals and coins to those who just wanted to come in and to pray. A little girl wasn't going to give most of her toys away if her parents asked her nicely. They needed to go in there armed with trash bags. And the money changers weren't going to stop exploiting the poor and the holy if I asked them nicely either. I needed to go in there armed with a brass whip and my anger. What you need to know is that I cared too much for the people in the temple that day to allow them to continue to cheat themselves and each other out of the sacred space. If you read this story in the Gospel of Matthew, you will see what happens next. The blind, the lame, and the children were able to enter in as the commerce was chased out of their way. The temple was restored to its holy purposes, and it was made available to all. Yours, Jesus. Dear Jesus, tell me, how do we humans not misunderstand the fact that you used a whip and physical force to reclaim the temple? How do we not think that you have granted us permission to be violent with each other when we see someone else as dangerous or when someone else's actions and ideals are out of line with our own? 
Humanity and the divinity are mysterious and multi-layered. Different situations call for different ways of being. Yet, some, yet you sometimes have to yell to keep your children from running into the street. This does not mean it is okay to yell at them all the time. There are people in your community who have spent time in war zones where there was much violence happening in the name of real or perceived greater good. They have struggled more than most with the question you just asked me. It is not simple. Ultimately, I want all people to be free from the kind of human strife that inspires violent reaction. I want people to be released from whatever is keeping them from living, loving lives with one another. The Creator wants this too, which is why God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, which you just heard Jim, read, Jim would read to your congregation. Guidelines to help free people from the temptations that pull them out of their knowledge of God's universal love and into war with one another. Think on this. Love Jesus. Dear Jesus, maybe I am starting to understand this just a little bit. Maybe violence in its many forms happens against one another when we lose sight of each one's belovedness. Maybe it is the clutter in the temples of our lives that keeps us from seeing you and one another more clearly. Maybe that clutter needs to be chased out with a whip every once in a while. But then it does seem an awful cycle of violence. This clutter, Jesus, it is everywhere. Our brains get so filled with the news and the media and perceived needs. Our confusion about what we actually need is so pervasive. The other day I heard a commercial for chewing gum that promised to be more convenient and portable because, I'm not kidding, it comes without a wrapper. So you can chew gum without having to unwrap it. And I bet someone out there is saying, I need that. And I will admit that I've been on a quest for sunglasses this week because I felt I needed to stop being blinded by all this snow. And I needed to find new sunglasses in the store rather than spend time searching through my messy house for an old pair. And now a new pair of sunglasses has been added to the clutter of my car. And amid the clutter of my car is a Bible and a Lenten devotional, but they are rather hard to find under all the other stuff, which means I am at least a week behind in my Lenten readings. But I am fully caught up with both Ranchester and Downton Abbey. <laughs> Prioritizing you and cleansing the temples of our lives is hard. We need your help. I want to see temples of your love when I look at the lives of the people around me and when I look at my own life. Personally, I don't want to get to the stage where you have to rampage through my life with a brass whip to get my attention. An intervention with a trash bag I could probably handle. Let's figure this out while we're still at the trash bag stage, okay? Awaiting clutter intervention. Becky. Dear Becky, 
yet that there is also much goodness. My hope for everyone is that the goodness crowds, it grows, and it crowds out the clutter. And that the goodness, the image of God in each person, can find a couple of comfortable chairs in the wide open space of their life and invite me in more fully. For some people, making this space means leaving home without any kind of communication device. Some need to develop a spiritual practice. Some need to go to the gym to take care of their physical temple, while others need to skip the gym and take their kids or grandkids sledding. Some need to cut back on TV or video games or Facebook or whatever it is that distracts them from me. Some need to go to church more often. And some, dare I say it, need to step back from their church duties enough so that, so that their faith remains fed by Christian community and not drained by it. Each of my brothers and sisters can discern what they personally need to do to clean up their lives enough to make space for me. And I hope each one does work to find space. I didn't love cleansing the temple that day in Jerusalem, and I don't love trying to make room in you where there is no room. But I will do it. I did not come to sit on the sidelines. I came to get some important work done in the world and in each life. And that is where I am, in the world and in each life. I am looking at you through the faces of each person Sometimes I come with trash bags, or loud words, or even a grass whip, to drive destructive distractions out of the lives of those I love, to help you to see and love more clearly. Today, I come to be with you in worship, in community, in gratitude. Always, I come in love. Always.
I ask your prayers for God's people throughout the world. For Catherine, our presiding bishop. For Alan and Gail, our bishops. For Tony and Becky, our priests. And for Rob, Jenna, Judy, and Maureen, our priest associates. For this gathering, and for all ministers and people. In the Anglican cycle of prayer, we pray for the Diocese of Baruch and Yemen. For Justin, Archbishop of Canterbury. For the ministries of the Worldwide Anglican Communion. In our Diocesan cycle of prayer, we give thanks to the ministries of All Saints Church, Dorchester. St. Mark's Church, Dorchester. St. Mary's Church, Dorchester. Epiphany School, Dorchester. And Brotherhood of St. Andrew. In our parish, we pray for the success of our parish house project and for the safety of the workers. Pray for the church. I ask your prayers for peace, for goodwill among nations, and for the well-being of all people. Pray for justice and peace. I ask you, Prince of the poor, the sick, the hungry, the oppressed, and those in prison. Pray for those in any need or trouble. I ask your prayers for all who seek God or a deeper knowledge of God. Pray that they may find and be found by God. I ask your prayers for the departed, remembering especially Roger Seeley, Tony McCourt's cousin, and Anne Mae Seeley, Roger's mother. Are there others? Pray for those who have died. We remember those for whom we have been asked to pray. Alice, Janet, Barry, Betsy, Gail, John, Robin, Rick, Sue, Raven, Phyllis, Minnie, Kathy and Don, Michael, Trey, Kristen, Margaret, Amy, Mary Emily, Dan, Bailey, Susan, Claire, Kirsty, Jim, Don, Ben, Robin, Bobby and Ziggy, Dale, Wynn, the Cleary family, Harry, Wynn and Jenny, Spencer and Louisa, Olive, Kathy, Aliona, Reverend Stephen, Susan, Deborah, Jane, Edie, Liz, those who were without jobs, those serving the military, and all who work for peace. Are there others?
discussion on the Barber Catholic book, followed by a table universe um, with a small group of people that come. It's been really lovely. So do join us at any point. You don't have to have already come to come on any Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And there will be a Lenten Quiet Day offered by Maureen and Judy Kruby um, and myself on March 28th from 9.30 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon. It's a Saturday. If you'd like to know more or sign up for it, just give me a call or send me an email. And also, I just want to thank Maureen for being here and Tony who said today to celebrate us. Oh, and lastly, there is a BFM Building for Ministry Forum at 9 o'clock next Sunday. So if you want to know where we are, on our building project, you can come at 9 o'clock and you can ask your questions at the end There will be healing prayer right over here in this transept during communion and immediately following communion. Want we love as Christ loves us and gave himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God.